Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and today we have our guest, uh, Katie. I say it right? <laughs> yes, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, go ahead and introduce yourself, Katie, including uh, your last name. I am Dr. Katie Gibson. I am a um, pediatrician. Um, I practiced as a board certified pediatrician for about 11 years. Um, and a few years ago, decided to stay home. Um, since I have four kids at home, I have an adult stepson, four kids at home. I've been married for almost 19 years now, lived around the country, had multiple areas where I practiced three different states um, and including in the military and overseas during a war. So I have quite the vast experience, but ultimately my family comes first. So that was my, um, you know, deciding point in my career to just stay home with my kids. And now um, I truly miss connecting with other moms and educating and supporting moms. So now that's what I do online. Very cool. And I want to start by saying thank you for your service. Um, you know, we just, as we're recording this, we just celebrated Memorial Day. Um, I know that that's for veterans who or who, who have passed, but um, I can still say thank you for your service. No matter yeah, when we're, what day it is. Absolutely. Was, and was your husband in the, in the service too? Or yes. Yeah. Yep. And in fact, that's how I got into the service because I honestly would have never thought about that <laughs> because it wasn't something prominent in my family. And I'm, you know, a very reserved person. It's nothing that I ever thought of, but it's how we could, you know, work together because he was um, on a military scholarship in school. So, oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, I'm a former military spouse. <laughs> So you know what it's like. <laughs> I understand the life just a little bit. And yes. um, one of one of the fun things for me was the military spouse page on Facebook. Like there's, I didn't engage in a lot of drama, but there was always drama to be seen. And yes. I'm the kind of person that I, I, I'll hear about your drama all day long and I'm fine. <laughs> just keep it out of my life, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I will say it takes a extra special kind of support for those in the military because they have a special set of 
you know, issues and circumstances that sometimes civilians don't always have to go through or realize. So, um, yeah, I think those support pages are, but yes, filled with drama. And I definitely was involved in a lot of family drama as a pediatrician and being deployed with a unit. You know, you hear all of those unfortunate stories and, and drama. Some of it ended well, some of it did not. I tried not to be part of the drama. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I would watch from afar. Even now I'll, I, I kind of lurk in mom pages where there's lots of drama and, and I'm appalled, honestly, in some of the groups that I'm in, it, it actually, like I stopped going because it pulls me down so much, how much, uh, judgment and just, just meanness is inside yes. a group. I was posting something and I took full responsibility for something that I posted um, where I was, uh, I was concerned for my son in a situation and I didn't give the whole story. I was irritated when I wrote it. And so I just gave the bare bones and there were so many moms that, that the, the question back to me was very judgmental and I didn't take offense to it, but I had two moms private message me saying, you know, Hey, just, it's okay. Like you did the right thing. Like they're not blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, I'm good. I realized the mistake that I made. And I mean, but they can't hurt me with their words. Cause I, I know the whole story and they're reacting to the part of the story that I left out. Yes, that's good that you could take it that way. I know a lot of moms don't, unfortunately. And when I started staying home a few years ago, then I was a stay at home mom, right? And so I joined a bunch of those groups, you know, and just to have community, but I honestly left a lot of them. And sometimes I don't feel comfortable even answering the question because there are there's so much judgment. And um, that's honestly why I started my own group because I left so many groups and I see what happens in these groups. They're not necessarily supportive. Anybody can pose themselves as an expert and you wouldn't know the difference. They come across like, I can tell you some very specific stories, but I saved a couple moms (laughs) because just, you know, they think they've experienced it before. Um, and they pose themselves as an expert and it can be totally off base and you know that you don't know one mom from another you know when you're looking for support you don't know their background you don't know what they've been through you don't know their expertise and so it's really hard and I know there are a lot of moms especially now through COVID like going through anxiety and depression and just feeling alone and you can't necessarily even go see your parents, you know, during this, I mean, thankfully it's getting a little better now, but you know, it, I think was a really hard time and you just turn to anybody. And then unfortunately you don't know, you know, what that support is and if it's even, you know, what you should be listening to, if it's adequate advice or not. And so that's absolutely why I started my own group. I'm a very positive, supportive person. (laughs) And I just don't do well with all of the negativity and judgment. Yeah. And you make such a good point that, you know, we're, we go into the group seeking advice, seeking comfort, seeking um, validation that Mm -hmm. what we're considering doing, what we're doing or what we've done 
is the right thing because it boils down to, I love my child yes, and I want the best for them. And I'm having this issue and I haven't come up against this issue before and I'm posting this and then to be met with bad advice, attacking, all of that stuff is, is really damaging because a, a lot of people don't realize that, that most people have a fear of visibility. Yes. They don't like being on camera. They don't like being on stage. They don't like talking in front of certain people. And, and all of that boils down to, if you can't see me, you can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And again, and, and if you don't know my opinions, you can't attack my opinions and, and therefore attack me. And so we're, we're even re-traumatizing some of these things in a new area where people don't want to share their opinions anymore. And we, we become even more isolated. And, mm-hmm. and I think you've experienced this, that when you're a mom, sometimes you're really, really isolated as yeah. we're coming out of COVID, like <laughs> where yes. we were li- literally Actually, isolated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and even before that, like we talked about the military, like sometimes now, I mean, you have, you could live totally across the country from your family and friends. And with the military, you move a lot. You don't always have that, um, that close knit, you know, friendship. And it's hard to make friends as a mom. (laughs) I know everybody says that that's like the going thing online because it is. And when you move as a mom, you don't always have time for all of the socializing and to go out and meet people. And of course, now we've had that extra, you know, experience of, you know, being more isolated, but so then you reach out to social media, but it's very hard on social media to find your, the group that you actually feel comfortable in and fit in with. And it's, I think things might be changing a little bit, but it's easy to fall in the trap of comparison. And so that makes it really hard on moms when you're saying, oh, you know, you look at Pinterest and Instagram and of course what moms show are the good times, right? Like your trips and when your kids got awards and all these things, you don't see the time that they're, you know, throwing a fit on the floor. (laughs) They're not going to post about that most often. And so you see the good things and then you think, oh, why can't my life be like that? And in reality, they maybe are having, you know, worse off time than you, you just don't see that. And so I think that's, but you can also find some very supportive communities. So it's good and bad. And it's much easier for things for people to say things that they maybe don't would never say to your face, you know, on social media. And I've always talked to that, you know, to teens as well about that, because they start getting into social media and the cyberbullying and all that. But it's the same with moms. You can, it's so much easier to be judgmental. And sometimes it's hard to tell your tone, you know, and you don't have the voice, you just have what they type. And it's so easy to take things differently too. So there's a lot of factors that can affect that. And for anyone who's listening, who has experienced what we're talking about, like words are only 7%. They're only 7% of communication, which means there's 93%. I had to do math really quick. (laughs) I was like 92. No, it was 93% of, um, of, of communication that we're not getting. And what I've noticed 
is whatever the chatter in my head is, is how I read that message. Yes. Or whatever my relationship with that person is, is how I read that message. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend who will text me conversations that he has with his wife and he'll tell me his interpretation. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's the tone and, and that that's internal. Mm -hmm. And you know, because if, if we're having a conversation and you come at me all crazy and I don't think that I deserved that crazy, I'm, but it, it's not personal to me. I'm just like, why are you coming at me crazy? Like, it's a different thing versus if I'm having a bad day and you come at me crazy and then I'm going to be like, why are you coming at me crazy? You know? Yes. (laughs) Totally different thing that. I'm going to give you a great example. I posted a question Mm -hmm. um, that what sucks the peace out of being a mom, right? What, what in your life is sucking the peace and joy out of, out of being a mom for you Mm -hmm. inside a mom group. And uh, the first response was my kids and I died laughing and she was joking. There's a little bit of seriousness to that. Yeah. But one person listed like 35 things. It was just a list. I mean, I can't even think of another word for it. Just 35 things uh, that were sucking the joy out of her life. And it was one of the comments that was later in the day because I was engaging with people as, mm-hmm. you know, as it started. And, and I mean, I got a lot of responses. Um, and from a coach standpoint, I got a lot of content from it. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of ideas sparking in my mind. And yes. so this lady was at the end of the day, and I was emotionally drained at that point. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I thought, wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, that's a lot exclamation Mm -hmm. point and she wrote back are you a mom (sighs) and I and I wrote back yes I am I have a nine-year-old and at some point I got this intuitive hit oh crap that sounded judgmental I bet that sounded judgmental and so I wrote to her and I said I'm so sorry if that sounded judgmental I didn't mean it that way I just Mm -hmm. I meant like, oh, that's a lot you're dealing with. And like from compassion. Right. And she said, it did sound judgmental. Yeah. Thank you for, and thank you for that. You know? And so, I mean, that's the perfect example Mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm the nicest person in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it can happen because I'm sure in that group, she's been judged. Yes. At Absolutely. Some point, somewhere in her life, she's been judged for mm-hmm. not having all of those 35 things in order. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I know a lot of moms who will come out sometimes by the time somebody posts too, they're so overwhelmed and they feel so horrible that it's hard to even 
take any advice because they're just to the point that they don't, they're so lost, um, unfortunately. And I've reached out to a couple moms um, that I noticed that and they are, they almost can't say everything they want to, (laughs) you know, because they know they'll be judged, but yet it's how they're truly feeling, but they don't have a place to really express that. And I know our mental health system is completely overwhelmed. I mean, with everything that's going on in the world, it's even hard to just go to your regular physician normally, you know? So I just think that having access to some, you know, some close friends, a group that you get along with other moms, a, you know, pediatrician or other healthcare workers that you trust or mental health care providers. I'm hoping that becomes more accessible. And we've learned through this process that that's important. And I think, unfortunately, for a long time, and even it's ingrained in moms that they have to do it all, they should know how to do things. And they should, you know, it should just be natural, and they shouldn't feel that overwhelmed. It's their job as a mom. And we feel like we have to take it all on ourselves. And then you lose yourself, and then you feel down, and then it affects your family. And because what happens to mom happens to everybody, right? right? I mean, it that gets to be a really hard thing to to balance and to, I guess, change our minds about the fact that mom has to weigh the burdens of everybody in the house and to take care of it all. Yeah, and who who takes care of mom? Yes, exactly. That's the thing. Mom's always last. And I've certainly been there and felt that (laughs) with four kids, five kids. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, stepping away from my clinical job was definitely something that, but then you come with your own set of problems, you know, then you're home constantly with your kids and you're realizing all these things. And, but it was the best thing that I did, honestly, for me, that was what I needed. I also think that something that you did that's profound and um, and was good is that you were feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if I'm I've interviewed a lot of people, so I may be confusing you with another mom, but um, maybe even a little bit unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, just being home and. Mm-hmm. So you did something about that. Yes. When I, right. I cried over my decision to leave my job. It was a very difficult decision because as a pediatrician, I mean, I went to years of schooling, lost sleep. I'm in debt. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's a lot. And so I felt like there that's where I was supposed to be at the time. And to think that I was giving up all those years and still making payments on my loans. And, you know, there were some aspects of my job that I absolutely loved. Like it was like my second family. I was a primary care pediatrician. So, you know, I was in my spot most recent for five years. As I said, I moved around a lot. So I practiced in three different states, but it's hard to leave though. You get to know these families and these kids and you see them grow up a little bit. And, you know, the, I might've been at the delivery and now I was doing their kindergarten well checks, you know, (laughs) and it's hard to leave that. And so when I left that decision was very difficult. And it's not that I wasn't like, oh, yes, I need to be here for my family. It's that 
I want to be here for my family, but I was also trained and now doing well and feeling good about helping these moms and these kids. And so it was hard. And at first I did nothing. Like I just wanted to be with my family. Once I finally made that decision, I was at peace with it and whatever. (laughs) But now as they started to grow and get involved in their things, and I just felt that like I still, and I saw the struggles of moms online. I'm like, oh, if I could just, I wish I could just give you a hug or, you know, I would, like I said, I would sometimes message them. And some of these moms I would see, there was an example of a mom. It's actually in my local community group, but she put a picture of her child's rash and a couple of the symptoms and everybody was going one way with it and saying, oh my gosh, you have bed bugs. You need to get exterminators. You need to do this. You need to do that. This mom was kind of like, and I, this question I finally answered, like I said, I don't always answer them all because they don't know me from any other mom. Mm. And I said, you need to bring this child in. I said, she probably has this other condition, which is not a well-known thing, but it's important to get checked out because you need lab tests, check your kidneys and things like that. And she wrote me back the next day and she said, you know what? We brought her in for the second time. They were about to send her home. And I mentioned the diagnosis you said, and they looked into it and they looked at her and they said, oh my gosh, this is what she has. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And just because I spoke up, like this child got the care she needed because you have to be careful about what sources. I mean, I will not lie. I Google sometimes. I'm like every other mom, but the difference is I kind of have the background and know how to discern. Like you could Google runny nose and you come up with everything from allergies to cancer. I mean, (laughs) you can be like totally overwhelmed with all of the things that you see. And maybe your child had a similar rash and they had bed bugs, but you know, you don't know that background or experience. So you do have to be very careful about how you get your information and where it comes from. I'm glad you said that because I, I really, uh, I would say it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine when, when people post, what is this on, on my kid's body? I'm like, uh, that's a doctor question. Exactly. exactly random mom question you know and I'm not saying like obviously there's pediatricians inside these groups but like mm-hmm. it that like it just clicked in my brain like yeah you're a doctor that mm-hmm. you know versus and and you don't know what people's experiences are now I loved my son's pediatrician the very very first one he was recommended by a friend of mine Mm -hmm. he was so nice I was so sad when we were no longer on able to see him because of the insurance Mm -hmm. and um I just like my pediatrician I I remember seeing him when I was 16 years old and from birth (laughs) until I was 16 yeah Yeah. and I I think even my sister who's eight years younger than me went to him too like my mm-hmm. mom loved him. And I mm-hmm. like, so it, it's, it is, I haven't liked a pediatrician since I, I, I kind of like her now, like the one that I have now, I'm, I, I, you know, it's, it's better than nothing. It's better than the past ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the worst. Um, it's not the best. And, um, 
and and it is you know it's a little sad that a really good doctor is not practicing and i bet every time you would write the check you're like i love these kids i love these Mm -hmm. kids yep Yep, that is hard. And I, I mean, I, do I have some regrets? I mean, only that I don't get to, I loved the people that I worked with, but the medicine is changing and it's unfortunately getting more difficult to do, as you said, where you see the same pediatrician or the same provider for long periods of time. You know, there's a lot of nurse practitioners, a lot of PAs coming up, which can be a good and bad thing. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, But it's hard to find somebody that you mesh with and that you feel comfortable with. And I felt like I had a good rapport with a lot of my patients. And I still hear from some of them. (laughs) Oh, we miss you. Like, oh, we're having another baby. Are you coming back? And so that was something that I just loved is forming that relationship. Um, But I know the culture of medicine doesn't make it easy for pediatricians to be like that either. And that's one of the reasons that actually kind of was pushed out because, you know, I kind of already knew that I had this thought of staying home, but, you know, with my background, it was very hard to make that decision. But when they make you more demands and you get to spend less time with patients, see more, less time, more paperwork. I mean, I would spend more time working at home than I was at the clinic, just catching up on phone calls and notes and all these extra things you had to do. And being on call was very busy. And so it just got to be so demanding. And then they wanted to cut my pay and cut my benefits and make me work more. And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore as a mom. I'm already pulled in many directions. Yes. And we were, I'm going to go back to that other uh, topic about, you know, there's so much demand on Mm -hmm. moms to do it all and who takes care of mom. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, and we didn't used to do it this way. We used to have the tribal mm-hmm. um, community. And, and I, I think it's an African proverb, um, the that saying it takes a village to raise a child. Yes. And I, I didn't know it was an African proverb, proverb until I you until I googled it to use mm-hmm. in one of my blogs. But Um, I mean, it really does. It takes a village. And um, the times that that I was trying to do it all on my own, it was so much worse feeling for me than when I've had the community. Yes. And, you know, I, I just inside of of COVID, we went my son has five sets of grandparents. (laughs) and he saw all of them regularly until COVID happened Mm -hmm. um and there's one set of grandparents he still hasn't seen Mm -hmm. and um the rest are are coming around and vaccinated and ready and all of that Mm -hmm. but there four out of the five were huddled up in their house the whole time Mm -hmm. and um and that was hard for him too we only live 20 minutes from my brother and my brother has three kids. And my son the other day was like, Oh, how come I never get to see my cousins? And it's like, yeah, COVID. 
I know. And it's hard enough for us to understand, let alone the kids. I think it's been so hard on them. And there's so many changes and the isolation and the change to their schedule and the, you know, the loss in the education support and sports activities and all of these things that they just didn't get for over a year. I mean, we're just now finally getting back into our activities a little bit. And that's been really hard on them, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it, but there's been like the suicide numbers and attempts and mental health demands are just through the roof. And that includes and almost is um, is huge for kids. And at the youngest, I mean, ages, you wouldn't even think about that stuff, but they just do not understand and they don't have the support. And with moms too. I mean, you lose your village if you didn't have it before. I mean, I think nowadays too, like we, a lot of people move, you know, <laughs> you don't necessarily live by your family. It used to be, you didn't go far. And right. in other cultures, you, it's still that way where you, you don't even live with your family sometimes for long periods of time. And so you have that like built-in support system, or maybe you live where you grew up, where you know, everybody, you know, I grew up in a small town, but obviously moved away. But, um, I think it's been really hard on both moms, adults and kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed being home <laughs> Yes, more, more than, more than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> I really enjoyed being home. But it was a nice break from yeah. the busy schedule, I have to say. And I do think that's going to be the other thing. Like a lot of the um, parents who are working parents who maybe got the chance to work from home are realizing that, oh, this is kind of nice. No commute and no, <laughs> you know, probably less expense and less time and less all these things. So I think there's going to be a change in how our society does that as well. Crossing my fingers. Mm -hmm. I, I, although I this is no offense to my child and 100% my lacking, but I, I had considered homeschooling until this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, mm, no, no, I'm good. I um, think a lot of moms will say that. Yeah. Yes. And we definitely um, have more respect for teachers and school staff. <laughs> And things like that. Yes. And I always had respect for teachers. Every single person in my family is a teacher. Except oh, yes. My dad, who is a pastor and therefore teaches the Bible. And then uh -huh. I was uh, in direct sales with skincare. And so I taught people how to do skincare. And now I teach yes. people how to eliminate guilt. So like yeah. everybody in my family is a teacher. And uh, I so I always had that mm -hmm. appreciation more than probably most, but uh, I way more, way more now. Yeah. And I think we're realizing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, I was never involved with my son's uh, homework because mm. he would do all of his homework on Monday and Tuesday when he, he was either, you know, with my boyfriend's mom, or if he would go to daycare a couple of days a week, he'd always get all of his homework done while he wasn't sure. with me because yeah. I would kind of insist like if he's away from me I don't want the time that I'm with him yeah to be spent doing the schoolwork like mm -hmm. I want to hang out with him and play with him and do the fun yeah. stuff I don't want to do all that work stuff you know <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to learn 
what his frustrations were and then with mom they're always more comfortable so they let out their true feelings so stuff that he might have held back with other people he didn't hold back with me and I've seen his growth where (laughs) the other night he was doing math homework and and he didn't he did it wrong he's very very hard on himself Um, Mm -hmm. he expects perfection I don't know where he got that from Um, (laughs) But he expects perfection. And so when he gets something wrong, he gets upset. And, and we, he cried, but he didn't melt down. And at the beginning of all this, it was a meltdown. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, it's, it's been nice to see the progress and the growth in him too. Yeah. I think there's definitely been some blessings through all of this. And I think we've all grown a little bit and, you know, aspects that we probably needed to, yeah. <laughs> um, in patience and, yes. in, you know, all those things. So, yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely been some learning experiences as well. Yeah. And I'm excited about the acknowledgement of me- mental health because mm-hmm. it's always been an issue. We just never paid attention to it as, as much as they are now. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that, even at, even though it costs what it costs for people to start yes. paying attention. Um, so advice for moms, is there a piece of advice that you want to give? Well, that's a lot of my advice is I think, I mean, there's so much that I could give, but I honestly, my biggest thing is to don't, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to feel alone. You don't have to do it alone you should find some trusted, you know, other moms or family members or, you know, on social media, there are some good, you know, places you can be. Like I said, that's why I created my group for that support. And I will not tolerate any of (laughs) shaming or judgment or things like that. And I try and do some education, but, you know, find your place and don't put yourself last because if you take care of yourself, you know, it might seem backwards at first if that's not how you're thinking, because I definitely am a giver and I like to put everybody before myself. I think a lot of moms are like that. Um, so you put your family and say yes to everybody to help out, you know, and to do all those things. But I think that once you kind of realize and take in that I do need time to breathe and sleep and do things for my health and my sanity, you're a happier mom. And in the end, your relationship with your, you know, spouse or your significant other, your, your kids, your friends, everything just is so much better when you are taking care of yourself. Because if you are stressed and you don't sleep and you don't have that support, it just stresses the whole situation in your whole family. So take care of yourself and find your support. That's my biggest advice. Whoop, can't hear you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just la 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 la. Okay. <laughs> my son and my boyfriend rode by the ha- the window with their quads and so I was muting myself. Oh yes. Um, anyway, I was saying that one of my favorite, um, quotes from Rachel Hollis, who's like a motivational speaker, Mm -hmm. um, she wrote the book, girl, wash your face and Mm -hmm. a couple others. And, um, she did a movie around the new year, whatever year that was, um, it might've been 2020, it might've been 2019. I'm not totally sure. (laughs) 
um but she she said that when you when your vase is half empty mm-hmm. and you pour from the vase then it's empty mm-hmm. but if you're pouring into the vase and then the water overflows then you're always at a hundred percent and you can give from the overflow yes self-care is so misunderstood that they think that if i'm putting myself first that means that you know well sorry baby i'm that you're hungry i'm gonna eat first Mm -hmm. it's making sure like let's say you're a breastfeeding mom Mm -hmm. something to take care of yourself while nursing is Mm -hmm. drinking water that's putting yourself first because you could be giving a hundred percent of your attention to your breastfeeding child Mm -hmm. but you're gonna run dry (laughs) exactly and there's consequences to not drinking enough water when you're breastfeeding and all of that so I don't know. That's kind of my example. (laughs) Yep. I think that's a great example. And I mean, if you're not healthy, how can you enjoy your kids? You know, if you're sleep deprived, how are you going to not snap at everything that they do wrong? Because they are going to do things wrong. They're learning, they're exploring, they're testing (laughs) there. And it's your job to guide them, not just, you know, snap and get frustrated, which is what we often tend to do, myself included, when we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not sleeping and we're not doing the things that we need and we're, we're stressed out. Is there a book that you have um, that's had a significant impact on you personally or in your parenting that you want to recommend to our listeners? don't know if I have a specific book, but I have to say when I started using like a gratitude journal, Mm. that absolutely changed my, you know, where I was coming from. And I think it has made me a better mom. So maybe it's not a specific book with advice, but I think it's like getting to your better place, (laughs) you know, and I, in fact, talked to my kids about this today because, you know, they were frustrated with something we were doing. And I just said, you know what, this doesn't have to affect our whole day. This is a moment in time. And when we spend time thinking about not that, oh, I wish we could go to the pool. I wish we could go on this vacation. I wish we could do like all the things you wish you could do, or you're not doing. Think about all the things, even if they're small, that you're so grateful for, I mean, we have a great house, we have a great family, we have food on the table, even the simplest of things, like you have a family that loves you, like just all these tiny little things. When you think about all those blessings and things that you have, it just makes you, you know, it makes you a better person. And you can say, I am a good mom, you know, doing those affirmations and being grateful for the things you have definitely puts me in a better space to be a better parent. So when I started doing that, I think it really made a difference. Yeah. And I hundred percent agree. I'm on a gratitude kick (laughs) at the moment Mm -hmm. where I'm re energizing my gratitude practice. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. doing it pretty consistently and then I stopped and, uh, and I, I will recommend a book that's helped me. And, um, I, can't remember her name off the top of my head but the book is called think and grow rich Mm -hmm. it's a playoff of think and grow rich but it's think grow rich and she has 
Um, I've listened to it on Audible twice. She probably has, um, no offense, but a very irritating voice, (laughs) but it's not so irritating that I'm not just completely enthralled in everything that she says. And, um, she gives different gratitude practice ideas and three gratitudes a day is one of them. Um, treat every person that you meet, like it's their birthday, which I love my birthday. So that's the, yes. that's stuck in my head. I was like, that sounds cool. Yes. And then, um, a five minute gratitude practice where, um, or meditation where you just for five minutes, think of all the things that you're grateful mm-hmm. for. And it's really powerful. It completely shifts my mood and I'm not ever really in a bad mood, but it like goes at, if I'm at a seven, I'm all the way up at a, at a 10 or I'll go all the way up to 11. (laughs) A little spinal tap reference for it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It can make a huge difference. And I'm trying to teach my kids that too, because Sometimes they're all about, oh, they see the next toy or the next movie or the next thing that comes out. And they're always like, oh, I wish I had that. Or, oh, they're lucky they get to do that. And I'm like, well, look at what you have or what we're planning to do next or, you know, whatever. And, you know, we have to be thankful with where we're at because there are some people who don't have what you have either. And, you know, and the same for us moms too. Like when we stop and think, oh, okay, I don't have to be like this mom. I am thankful that I have this and this, and it just, I think it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And where can our listeners find you? So my, the main place that I hang out is in my Facebook group. It's a free mom's group. It's called unfolding motherhood with Dr. Katie. Um, I am starting to get up and running on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But I definitely have that Facebook group where I feel like it's becoming more of a a community. Um, And then yes, I'm in the process of launching my membership program for moms as well, which is coming from that free community. Awesome. Um, And well, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for joining us today and pouring into the listeners and Um, If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to like and subscribe and all of those things that you're supposed to do and say at the end of a podcast, I want you guys to do all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, um, just keep healing. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.